0: Hey, everybody, this is Sean Blakeney, lead pastor at Anchor Church in Delray Beach, Florida. Thanks so much for taking the time today to download and listen to this message. You know, as a church, our mission statement is to bring hope to the hopeless, and I really, truly believe that today's message will speak hope into your life. Follow us on Instagram at myanchorchurchfl or check out our website at myanchorchurch.org. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast today. Well, happy Sunday to everybody. Pastor Sean here. I'm the lead pastor of Anchor Church, and we're so glad you're with us. You know, I'm starting a brand new series today that I titled Stronger. And the whole reason for this series is that Teresa and I, uh, believe it or not, we started working through the book of Acts right before the whole pandemic began. And we started seeing all these things happening in the, the New Testament book of Acts, With the church, as the church uh, man came up against persecution and opposition, what happened was they actually became stronger. They didn't get weaker, they got stronger. And we as a church, as we've gone through this pandemic, we've actually gotten stronger as a church. And I thought, what a great series for us to walk through called Stronger. Now, let me set this whole series up for you. Let me set the, the key text up for you, all right? Now, Jesus leaves heaven, uh, comes to earth. And Jesus came, just so you know, if you didn't know this, he came for you, he came for me. He died the death that you and I should have died. He gave us life for us on the cross. So Jesus leaves heaven, comes to earth, lives a sinless life, walks planet Earth, does miracles, uh, heals people, loves on people, shows people the love of the Father. Jesus gets these 12 disciples. They do ministry with Jesus, life with Jesus. Jesus tells them multiple times, I'm going away, but don't worry. I'm going away, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He's a gift coming to you. Jesus has this last supper. Jesus is then uh, betrayed, arrested. Jesus goes on trial. Jesus dies he gets buried three days later he isn't dead anymore and he spends time with his disciples telling them guys listen I'm going to ascend I'm going away but this gift I promised you is coming to you the Bible then tells us in Acts chapter 2 that boom the Holy Spirit falls power gets on the people and a movement of the gospel begins in the church And they're sharing the gospel. They're preaching in Jesus' name. All these people are being healed. And what we see is when the church begins to move, when God begins to move, when the spirit begins to move, the devil hates it. And the devil tries to squelch what God is doing. And the Bible says that as the purpose of God began to move in the church that persecution against the church began to come. And what happens is the the church is moving, but persecution starts. And this is what I want you to see is our, our theme verse for the next few weeks in this stronger series. The Bible says this in Acts chapter eight, starting in verse one. It says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Stephen was the first martyr of the faith. What's a martyr? Man, a martyr is one who dies for what he believes and he died for his faith. Stephen was the first martyr. What was he doing that caused his death? He was preaching the gospel and the Bible says that the people picked up rocks. It was a stoning back in the day and they would throw rocks at you until you were dead. And so Stephen is the first martyr, killed for his faith. He's stoned to death. And the Bible says that Saul, who later becomes Paul and wrote over half the New Testament, how incredible is this? Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and they buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. The church is meeting at home. The church is moving. The church is just doing an amazing work in the lives of people. And the devil tries to squelch it. Stephen dies. And the Bible says the people were scattered. And Saul was going from house to house, pulling the people out. But this is our key verse I want us to focus on for the next few weeks. And it's in Acts chapter eight, verse four. It says, but the believers who were scattered, Preach the good news about Jesus wherever they went. But the church, who was scattered, they didn't let the persecution come against them. They let the purpose of God move through them. It didn't stop them. You and I aren't gonna let a pandemic stop us from sharing the gospel. We're not letting what is happening in us and through us as a church stop just because we have to stay in our homes or because we have to wear masks or because we can't meet in large group settings. We're not going to let, we as a church are actually going to let the persecution that scatters us strengthen us and not weaken us. And we've seen that happen as a church. We've gotten stronger. You know, when I was a kid, uh, it's pretty incredible. I remember back in middle school, uh, they had these, these guys that came to our school multiple times and they were called the Power Team. Anybody remember the the Power Team? The Power Team. The Power Team with these guys. They were huge. They were buff. They were ripped. Look, they kind of looked like me. And um, why, are you, why are you why are you laughing? And no, I'm sorry. They they were they were they were gigantic. These guys were ginormous. And they was and they would show up at our school, right? And we had this huge like uh, you know uh, convocation, and they were there. And, and these guys were like they would break bricks. They would rip phone books. Some of you right now are going, what is a phone book? I have no idea. I've never heard of a phone book. (laughs) A phone book was a very thick book like this that you would get delivered to your house every year with with phone numbers in it. You're like, whoa, they didn't have cell phones back then? No, no, back in the old days, we didn't have cell phones. We had to start our cars like this. It was a weird day, kids. And they would grab phone books and rip phone books in half, bend metal bars, and so they would do all this stuff, and you're so impressed by all the power they had, all the strength that they had, and then... They would turn the corner and say, man, all this strength that we have, it's physical strength that we've worked on on ourselves. But what's more impressive is not our physical strength. It's our spiritual strength. What's more impressive is the strength we have that you can't see externally. It's the presence of God we have inside us internally. And they would turn the corner and talk about how you see this power on the outside. But what's greater is the power we have on the inside. That's the power team, and I remember watching these guys going, whatever you have, I want it. I want those arms, I want that neck, I want those legs, I wanna break bricks, I wanna rip phone books, and if it's Jesus that has that power, then I want that power, and that's the same power that you and I can have in the name of Jesus Christ. It's power that comes from God that we see the church has here. And where was this power given? How was this power given? In Acts chapter 1, it says this, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And Jesus replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not known to you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What did Jesus say? There's a time coming when I won't be with you, but I want you to know you're going to receive power. The power of God is coming on you. And you got to be ready for that power because when you receive that power, you're going to be able to do things you never thought you could do, dream you could do, imagine you could do. And it's not in your power you do those things. It's in my power. What, what started the church was the power of the Holy Spirit coming on these 120 believers in this uproom room praying. They were praying in fear, and all of a sudden they're preaching in faith. What happened? What changed? Power. Don't let Satan stop you from preaching the gospel when you're afraid. Have the power of the faith today to stand up and go, it's not me, it's God in me that makes things happen. Why? We're stronger because of his power. Romans chapter eight, the apostle Paul says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. What is that? It says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. Who doesn't want that power today? I want that power. We're stronger because we have that power. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. The kingdom of God isn't just something we talk about. It's something that we live. It's the power of heaven living here on earth in us and through us. Psalm 68, Old Testament, verse 35, God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. How good is that? Just by a show of hands, who today doesn't want God's power? I mean, come on. I want God's power. I want God's strength. And if it's given to us, I want it. I don't have to pray for it. I I have to pay for it. I have to pray for it. I want his power today. So when does God give you his power? When can you count on God's power? I started thinking about this this week, and many of us today, we want God's power, but when can I count on having God's power when I do have it accessible to me? The first thing I wrote down is this. You can have God's power when you're tired. You can have God's power when you're tired. Anybody out there, you're, you're, you're tired, just by a show of hands, just... Yeah, you don't actually have to raise your hand because I can see it in your eyes every time I run into you. We're t- Like, how many times a week do you run into somebody and go, how you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm exhausted, right? We're relationally tired. We're physically tired. We're financially tired. We're emotionally tired. Like, we're just, we're just tired people. Like, we live in a culture that everyone says, like, have it your way. Get it, man. Go to school. Have drive. Get what you want. Make all the money. And so you make all the money, you do it your way, you get what you want, and then you're exhausted and you can't spend the money you earned your whole life trying to get, right? The world says, why would I want to stop and smell the roses when I can drive right through them? It's like, man, we're, we're, we're tired, we're exhausted because we've spent so much of our energy exhausting ourselves trying to make something happen, and we don't trust into God to let Him make something happen relationally, we're exhausted. We're running too fast at too fast of a pace. You know, uh, Teresa and I, we just got this, this Peloton app. We don't have a Peloton bike or have a Peloton treadmill, but we have the app because it's much cheaper. And, and so we were doing the, the Peloton uh, running app the other day, and I'm watching this lady, and, and, and she's telling me, you run this speed, and so I've got my treadmill up at a certain speed, I'm going. And then she says, now back it down to a brisk pace. And I'm like, what is a brisk pace? And, and she says, A brisk pace is when you can keep up the energy, keep up the movement, but still have a conversation with the person next to you. So she's walking and you know how they do the speed walking thing. They're just like doing this right here. And she's like, so if you can still keep up a conversation, then you're at the right pace. If you're running too fast and you can't talk, then you're going too quick. And I'm like, this just, I don't know. And so I don't I have no one to talk to. So I'm like, I don't know if I can have a conversation. So I'm talking to myself and she's checking her pace and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, man, many of you right now, you're moving at such a rapid pace in life. You can't keep up a conversation with your kids, with your spouse, and let alone with your God. You're exhausted because you're moving in life too fast and you need to slow it down. For many of us, maybe God allowed the pandemic to slow us down, but we're so frustrated right now at being slow, we're trying to speed things back up. We gotta be careful. We have God's power when we are tired. Isaiah chapter 40 says this, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He gives power and strength to the weak and the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. How good of a scripture is that? When you're tired, you can count on God's power to give you strength in your powerless mentality, in your powerless spirit. Why? Because we serve a God who never grows tired. You can count on God's power when you're tired. You can count on God's power when you're troubled. When you're troubled. What I mean by this is when, when you and I feel inadequate, you can trust in God's power. See, for so many of us, a lot of times we're trying in our own strength to do something. We're trying in our own strength to be the best husband, best wife, best dad, best mom, best friend, best co-worker. And so in our own strength, as we try so hard to be something that we're not, we find ourselves inadequate. I think one of the worst things for this is social media. You look at Instagram and see what everyone is and all that tells you is what you aren't. And so you feel inadequate because you feel like, I can't do, I don't look, I don't act, I don't make as much, I'm not like them. And so in your attempt to try to strive to be like everybody else, you're not. Man, we run into this, I'll be honest, man, as as a pastor, we run into this as a church. We're a brand new church. We're like a six month old church. We're a baby, And I look on Instagram at other churches that have been in existence like 30, 40 years and all they're doing and and all the, the production, the equipment they have, a building and all this kind of stuff. I look at that and go, oh my goodness, what do I have to do as a pastor to get us there? Well, that's 30 years of experience, 30 years of resource, tons of production versus a baby who's been alive for six months old. But we look at that and we go, wow, I'm just inadequate. Well, we feel inadequate because we're trying in our own strength and it's troubling, wow. it's troubling. I think that as, as, a, as a senior pastor right now, I think for me, I feel inadequate because I'm like, man, I've never been a senior pastor, never started a church, let alone never been a senior pastor starting a church in the middle of a pandemic. What do we do? Man, I'm trusting God for what we do. But when you're troubled, when you feel inadequate, man, you just, you can call on God's power. It's amazing when you're feeling inadequate and feel troubled. Everyone has the opinion to share with you. think like so many times we listen to other people's opinions and it stresses us out. And I don't want to hear someone else's opinion. I want to hear God's direction. We've got to trust God for His direction. He gives you power. Psalm 41, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. How good is that? We serve a God that you can trust in, that gives you power when you are tired and when you're troubled. The third thing he wrote down is this, we serve a God that gives you power when you're tempted. When you're tempted. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says this, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. You know, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, he says this, he goes, the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. You ever have those moments in your life where you're like, man, God, I wanna serve you, I wanna follow you, I wanna surrender to you, I wanna live for you, but I keep doing the wrong thing. I saw a bumper sticker a long time ago that says, the devil made me do it. Now the devil didn't make you do it, the devil tempted you, your own desires caused you to do it. You can't blame the devil for what you fall into out of your own intuition, out of your own desires, out of your own sin nature. When you're tempted, God is faithful and he will give you a way out. He always does. God is so powerful that when you feel like you're being tested and tempted and don't see a way out, God goes, I'll give you a way out. Just look for it. You know, um, I remember a couple years ago, my family wanted to go to uh, an escape room. I'd never done an escape room. I was resistant. I was reluctant. Everyone's like, let's do an escape room. I'm like, no, escape room will be stupid. And Teresa's like, no, we got to do this thing. And Teresa's all like scientific, mathematical. Let's do this escape room. i like, I don't want to do an escape room. I don't want to do an escape room. And so finally we'd go. And can I tell you, I loved the escape room. And I'm not bragging, but do you know who the one is that got us out of the escape room? <sighs> Boom, right here. This guy right here. Teresa can figure, I, I, I figured it out. But, but what I knew is this, when I was in the escape room, I knew there was a way out. There was a way out in the escape room. I just had to look for the way out. So what did that mean? I had to, we had to move different things, move pictures, move pillows. There was a way out. We just had to look for it. And many of us today, we get ourselves in trouble when we're tempted and we go, there was just no way out. No, there is a way out. God gives you a way out. The Bible just told us he gives you a way out. You just have to look for the way out. Man, Sean, but there's no way out. I'm trying to diet and that chocolate cake was staring me in the face. There's a way out. Walk away from the cake, right? There's, there, there is a way out. God gives it to you. He gives you his power. So trust him at his word. Trust him at his power. He gives it to you when you're troubled, when you're tired, and when you're tempted. He gives it to you. But let me encourage you today that God's power is accessible, but it's not automatic. Yeah. See, I believe that our faith is the spark plug that gets God's power into motion. Our faith is the spark plug that gets things moving. I know a lot of Christians that have given their heart to Jesus Christ and they have God's presence, they have salvation, but they're not functioning in God's power. Why? Because they've unplugged themselves from the power source of Jesus Christ. And to fully function in the power of God, you've got to be connected to the power of God. You've got to take a step of faith first before you see anything happen. And many of us want God's power today. We want to be stronger in the faith, stronger in His power. So what do we do? Man, It says in Philippians chapter 4, 13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, we do our part. We do the possible, but God does his part. He does the impossible. So what does it look like if you and I want to have this power? We know where God gives us power. So how do you and I get God's power? If there's something we have to do on our part, if God's going to do his part, what do we have to do on our part to receive that power? Here's the first thing we have to do. We have to admit we're weak. Now this is tough, because I don't know about you, but for me as a man, I never want to admit that I need help. I don't want help finding where I'm going. I don't want directions. I don't want like I I, I will work myself into a frenzy before I'll ever ask anybody for directions. Anybody, I mean, just, you know what I'm talking about I, 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 I don't want to ever admit I need anybody else's help. I want to know I've got this figured out. And so admitting that you're weak is tough. But that's the starting point for God's power. Because what happens for most of us is when we get ourselves into a difficult situation, we try to work ourselves out instead of asking God to work our way out. And you get exhausted and you get tired. I believe most of our temptation and our trouble and our tiredness comes from you and I being inadequate to try to figure something out and yet we try to figure something out. We have to trust in God and just admit. Because if I'm honest, and when I get tired when I get troubled, when I get tempted, when I get frustrated, when I get weak, the last thing in the world I wanna do is call on God for help. What I wanna do is I wanna stand up and bow up instead of bending down and bowing down. And what we have to do is bow down and say, God, I'm weak, I can't do this on my own, I need you. That's the only way to access God's power. Maybe you need to bend down today, falling on knees and say, God, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own, I can't do it, I need you. First step of getting God's power is understanding that you're weak and you have to acknowledge that weakness. The second thing I wrote down is this. To access God's power, you have to admit you're weak. But the second thing is you gotta stay connected to the power. Yeah. Man, I've said this for years. I think things work the best when they're plugged in. I imagine, you have a to- everybody have a toaster at home? Like you could have the most beautiful toaster at, you, you could have the most beautiful toaster you've ever seen at your house your, your toaster could have the greatest net worth of any toast in the world. Your toaster could have been born in a, a, a church kitchen, but unless that toaster is plugged into the wall, that toaster has no power. And many of us feel like we're functioning because we have this, we have this, I've got the money, I've got the job, I've got the relationship, and you're functioning in your own strength but you're not connected to the supernatural power of God. And so because you're not connected to the supernatural power of God, you can't do it in your own strength and it's exhausting you because you're not staying connected to the power, you've got to stay connected to Jesus Christ. That's how you get the power. you got to admit you're weak, but then you got to stay connected to the source of power. Why? Because there's so much peace that comes by staying connected to the power. There's so much strength. There's so much wisdom. There's so much direction. You've got to stay connected to the power. You know, um, when I was growing up, I, I'm, not, I'm, not good at, I'm not good at math. I really, I was never good at math, which is why I became a pastor, because all you have to know is two plus two equals Jesus, and people get saved, and I was never good at math. Teresa's good at math. She always helped the kids with their homework, but I was not good at math, and My mom, growing up, was very good at math, so anytime I needed help with math, I just stayed connected to my mom because I'd get frustrated, and my mom would calm me down and help me figure out the the problem. I just had to stay connected to mom, right? So if I was trying to work out math on my own, I would get frustrated, but if my mom was there, she could help calm me down, especially with word problems. Anybody hate word problems? I hate math. I hate them. My mom would go, okay, so Billy is on a train and he's going 1,000 miles through his grandmother's house. He has 1,027 apples. He's going to give, uh, the train's going 100 miles per hour. He's going to give five apples away every 10 miles. How many apples will he have by the time it reaches his grandmother's? I'm like, number one, why is Billy taking a train? Number two, why does he have apples? Number three, where's he carrying 1,027 of like, I would get so mad at trying to figure out and rationalize this stupid problem. My mom would go, okay, honey, let's just stop for a second. Let's just calm down. And I feel like Many of you in your life, you're so frustrated at the problem of life, but you've been disconnected from the Father. And so you have anxiety, you have frustration, and you don't have peace. But you got to stay connected to the Father and instead of you trying to figure out the problem. How do you ask Him and access His power? you got to stay connected. you got to admit you're weak. you got to stay connected to the source of power. And the best thing you could do to access God's power is just live by faith you got to live by faith. The Bible makes it very, very clear that God's power is available, but you got to walk in faith to access that power. Think about Noah. Noah built an ark before there was ever a flood. Think about Peter. Peter stepped out of the boat before he ever walked on water. Yeah. You have to step out in faith before you receive that power. you got to step out in faith before you can access that power. It's the spark plug that gets that power going in, in your life. And I talk to a lot of people that say this, they go, Sean, well, following Jesus just isn't easy. It's just not easy. No, following Jesus is easy. The Bible says that he's standing at the door to your heart and he's knocking and he's wanting to come in. He's wanting to give you that power. He's wanting to give you his presence. He's wanting to give you his spirit. You just have to open the door. People go, but Sean, it's just so hard. No, having the cable guy come into your house is hard. That's difficult. Trying to find a time when they can come and, and set up your kit. Ca- now that's hard. Following Jesus is not hard. It just takes faith. It takes you surrendering your will and your desires and your attitude going, God, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I want it in my life. I'm weak. I want to stay connected to your power. I want to live in faith following you, but I've got to access it. I trust you for it today. I want to be stronger because of your power. Maybe you're joining us today. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never taken the step of faith that opens your heart to God. And maybe today's your day. There's a prayer that we pray that gives God access to our hearts. There's a prayer that we pray that opens that door and lets God in because the Bible says he's standing at the door to your heart and he's knocking. And so today's the day you can let him in. The Bible says when he comes in your heart, he makes everything brand new. Your old life is gone, you have new life. And so if today you want salvation, today if you want God's presence, today if you want God's power, what you need to do is just say, God, today's my day. I'm giving my heart to you. I'm surrendering my will to you. Come in and make me brand new. And if you're joining us today, you've never prayed that prayer, but you wanna pray that prayer today to give God access to your heart and access to your life, just wherever you are, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Yeah, just raise your hand. Man, all of us are gonna pray this prayer out loud together, but if your hands raised, today is your day. Just say, dear Lord, Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my heart. Today I give you my heart. I want, your presence, I want your presence and I want your power. And I want your power. So forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past and make me a brand new person. And, make me a brand new person. and every single day. I'm going, I'm going to stay connected to your power. In Jesus' name, I pray. Name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on! Can we go up today for all those that prayed that prayer? Man, we love you so much. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. Uh, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, email us. But we want to stay connected with you as you stay connected with God. We love you. Have a great week. Be stronger because you're connected to His power. See you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We're so glad you joined us. If you made a decision for Jesus today, man, shoot us a DM. Let us know that you made that decision for Christ today because we're in your corner and we wanna help you on this decision that you made. Man, check out all of our social media platforms. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube on Instagram, go to our website, but let us know who you are because we want to get a chance to connect with you. We're praying for you this week and we can't wait to see you next time.